You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. As you know, we are in Hebrews chapter 11. It's a foundational chapter in the, in the Word of God because it is on the subject, subject of faith. So I'm going to call your attention to it again. Beginning in verse 22, on this series of messages on faith, Y'all know when I talk about, talk about faith, I'm preaching to me too, Amen. as much as to you. Yeah. I'm going to give you a few ideas here. The word faith, believe, believing, any, any form of that, is 47 times in the Old Testament. Believers, believing, believeth, believed, all, and the word faith. That's, in the Greek, that word is uh, pistis and pistuo. In the Old Testament, it only appears 47 times. In the New Testament, it appears 514 times. Old Testament's this big, New Testament's this big. What is the New Testament about? What do you think it's about? That's why when you come to this church, you're going to hear about it. Amen. We're in the New Testament. I live in the New Testament. You can live in the Old if you choose and be miserable for the rest of your life. I live in the New Covenant. Amen. Glory to God. How many are with me here? Get in the New Covenant. You'll be happier. It's where God made it, wanted you to be. Verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he died made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. He's talking about his bones. What was the commandment for his bones? Don't leave them here in Egypt. Take them with you. I want my bones delivered. I don't want any part of me left in bondage. Oh, that's good right there. I don't want any part of me left in bondage. I don't want a thought. I don't want a smidgen. I don't want a feeling. I don't want a bone left in, in bondage. Faith capitalizes and majors on deliverance. Faith is always about deliverance. It's deliverance-minded, let's say. Faith is deliverance-minded. In the Old Covenant, they talked about trust more than they did faith. Trust all the time. I had a guy tell me, I was talking to him about, about faith. He said, well, you know, in the Old Testament, about that kind of voice. In the Old Testament, they didn't talk about faith very much. They talked about trust, Pastor. I said, yeah, yeah. They killed Jesus too. (laughs) Old Testament people that killed Jesus. Pharisees. You want to talk about that? Trust is is believing God to the bitter end. Trust is holding out to the bitter end. No matter the outcome. Hear me, no matter the outcome. That's basically what trust is. It's hope for, 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 it's it's a kind of a hope. In the Greek it's elpizo, E-L-P-I-Z-O. You pronounce it pizzo. 
El Pizzo. It's a form of faith, but it's not, it's not the full manifestation of faith. It's a futuristic kind of thing. And you hold out in El Pizzo until the bitter end, no matter the outcome. Faith is different. Pistis means a right now, believing that you have it right now. Confidence that it's done. Faith is now, not future. You hear me? Yes. So faith is about changing the outcome of things. Trust is about holding it on no matter how it turns out. You need both. Trust is a good thing. I'm not saying trust is not a good thing. It's a good thing. But faith changes the outcome of things. Right. Amen. Jesus never taught faith any other way. Every time he talked about faith and believing, he was talking about changing your circumstances. Yeah. You've got to be happy about this. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to, trying to get you to believe and have your faith grow today. Because you can overcome any challenge in life. Any challenge in life. Amen. Any challenge in life. Yeah. To have faith does not mean that you just grin and bear it until you die without cursing God. Trust is holding out to the bitter end no matter what the outcome. But Jesus never taught faith in that context. Every time he spoke of faith, it was about changing the outcome. Yes. Yeah. Every time he spoke of faith, it was about changing the outcome. Change your outcome. Turn to somebody and say, change your outcome. You change the outcome with faith, not with trust. Most of you heard me talk about this, but it's been about three years since I brought it up. I've looked through my notes. Anybody here tell me when the Revolutionary War, the most, this is July 2nd today, two, two days from now, we're going to celebrate our our 241st birthday. Can anybody tell me when the Revolutionary War ended? October. What year? 1970. <laughs> no, it ended. It ended. The Revolutionary War ended when, when Cornwallis surrendered to George Washington in, Cape, in, uh, in Yorktown, Virginia on October the 19th, 1781. You know why you don't know that? Because it it's an indictment against public school system. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not either. Our teachers don't care if we know that date. It right. does not matter that you know that date. That date is not important. That's when our oppressor said we could be free. That's when England said we, we were done fighting you. That's when England made up their minds to quit fighting us and let us go free. You understand? We celebrated another, another date, but it's way before that one. We celebrated a date five years before that date. Two days we we're going to celebrate it again. July 4th, 1776. Every second grader knows that one, don't they? Any school teachers in here? You see the school teachers? Did, did you know October the 19th, 1781? See, school teachers don't even know it. I have a, I have a son-in-law that has a, master's, has a bachelor's degree in history. He didn't know when it was. He's not supposed to know, he's not supposed to know when it is because that's an insignificant date to us. That's when our enemy says we can be free. Right. does not matter when the devil stops fighting you. All that matters is when you make up your mind, your own mind, and say, I am free today. Glory to God. I'm free today. That's faith talking. It took five years for it to happen, but it happened. Glory to God. It's going to happen. You keep your faith right. You keep your mouth right. It's going to happen for you. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Faith is the only way out. 
It's a surefire way out. Patrick Henry said, Is life so dear, or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, at Almighty God. I know not what course others may take. As for me, give me liberty or give me death. Amen. Better to die a free man than to live a slave. Amen. amen. Glory to God. Come on, say amen. Amen. It's good preaching. I'm preaching myself happy today. I like it, holler. I don't care if they're with you or not. I'm with you. Verse 23. 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I think every baby looks proper to his family, but this one, maybe, maybe he had six toes or something. I don't know. They saw him he looked proper to them. He looked better than the normal kid, I guess. Had something, something about him. His parents saw him special. Saw he had something on him. I believe this for every, every person I've ever talked to, every, every believer I've ever talked to. When you think back on it, when you were young, you knew you were kind of different from everybody else, didn't you? Didn't you? You knew there was something about you that just, you weren't like them. I remember being on the playground, I thought, not like these other kids. I want to be like them. I played with them. Loved being around other kids. But I always had this sense that I was, I was marked somehow. My whole life. How many of you have a kind of a similar experience? You know that. Almost everybody can say that. Everybody that's saved, you were marked for the gospel. Proper child. Faith, let's take this next verse. They hid him, proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. What we get from this is faith resists evil. Faith resists. This was an evil commandment, and their faith, it says, resisted that commandment. Faith will make you stand up and speak up for the unborn. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Faith will make you stand up and speak, for, speak against abortion for the unborn. Faith will make you stand up and speak for, for one man, one woman, one woman marriage. Amen. Faith will make you stand up and speak against racism. Come on, somebody. You're never more like God than when you're operating in faith against evil. Never more like God than when you stand up and say what's right and what's wrong by faith. Faith, the reason for that is because faith makes you righteous. Faith is righteousness. We teach in this church that faith is righteousness. God accounts faith as righteousness. He calls it the same thing. God calls it the same thing. Why don't you? Faith is righteousness. God calls it the righteousness. He counts it that. That's what it is. Faith is righteousness. Say it with your own mouth. Faith is righteousness. That's what it is. We have to call it that. Stop trying to attain to be righteous and to walk in faith. That takes care of the righteousness issue. And what's born out of righteousness is holy living. Holiness is born out of righteousness, out of a free gift that was given to you by faith in God. Amen. Glory to God. That makes me so happy. We stand for the rights of the unborn. Stand for the speak up for the New Testament standard of one man and one woman. Listen to this. We should stand and speak up for the biblical model of representative government. Representative government 
in our country, that means we lessen the power of the Supreme Court and the executive and keep them from trampling on the Constitution. It's July 4th. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses, and he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I don't know where this story is in the Old Testament. That piece of that story is not in the Old Testament. It's just not there. It says he was afraid of Pharaoh in the Old Testament. So he killed a man and ran for fear of his life. Left Egypt for running for his life. Afraid of the king. That's not in the new covenant. Well, how did they do that? How did they just change it? They didn't change it. God looked at his heart. God looked at his heart. You see, God wrote a check because Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. God wrote a check, a post-dated check for Moses. And in the new covenant, because God has wiped, God laid every sin on the on the on on the Lord Jesus, in the New Testament when He died on the cross, God never mentions anybody's sin in the old in the new. After the after they've been scoundrels in the Old Testament, God never says one thing evil about their, them in the New Testament. But why? Because Jesus' blood really took their sins away. Amen. And God said, "I will remember them no more." Right. If He forgot Moses' sins. He's forgotten yours. If he forgot David's sins, he's forgotten yours. David is mentioned so many times in the New Covenant. Wants ever, does, does the Bible ever talk about his sin with Bathsheba? Preachers talk about it incessantly. But the New Covenant does not, does not talk about that at all. When you talk about David, you should be talking about his heroism. All the good things he did, not the bad things he did. That's stupid to preach about Bathsheba and David all the, all the time in the New Covenant. New Covenant never mentions it. Are you listening to me? Yes. Talk about Jacob. Oh my, don't get me started. <laughs> Jacob was not a scoundrel. Every, every preacher you ever hear says that Jacob was a scoundrel. I don't know where they get that. I don't, that's the, the Old Covenant doesn't even say it. New Covenant only talks about the good they did. Never once ever talk, brings up their sins. So Moses walked by faith and he left Egypt by faith. It was faith that made him kill that guy. It was. It had to be. Because he was, he was abusing a slave. Abusing a slave was not against the law in Egypt, but it was in God's mind. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It was considered murder in Egypt, but it wasn't in God's mind. So faith is an identifier. It makes you want to be with people of, people of God. That's what God saw, that Moses wanted to be with God's people. I love being with God's people. I love being in church on Sunday morning. Strong faith is a rare commodity in the earth. I, I, the reason you come to church is because you don't find this out there in the world. You don't find this on your job most of the time. Unless you're the one. What did you say, Brandon? Trying to get you to stop talking about Jesus on your job. Trying to make you believe it's not true. Yeah, faith is a strong commodity. A, strong faith is a commodity, a rare commodity on earth. That's why you go to church to get it. It comes one way, by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It does not come by hearing the, new, the news. Faith does not come by watching the news. Faith does not come by watching the movies. Faith does not come by listening to the doctor. Faith does not come by listening to your teacher. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Amen. 
because faith has grown under the Word. That's why you have to get to church and get in your Bible because faith grows there. It does not grow anyplace else. Verse 26. Look at verse 26. It says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the, the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Faith determines what is important. If you're having trouble prioritizing, let your faith work. Your faith will send you to church before, before it will send you to the ball game. Boy, I'm preaching good now. I got quiet. Faith determines what's important because the recompense of the faith is greater than the recompense of the world. I know there's pay out there in the world, but the recompense of faith is greater pay. Is greater reward. Ann and I got to looking through our life a few years back, talking about it. We determined that every good thing that we want to keep in our life came because we served God. Means every good thing in our life came from God. Every good thing comes from God. Where's the, where's the other stuff come from? The world, the flesh, and the, and the, the devil. I used, to, I used to drink, I'm like you, Brandon. I used to drink myself silly. Just so I could go to sleep at night. Get that, that buzz, you know. Drink myself kooky. Till I found out. When I got saved. I filled with the Holy Ghost. First time I got slain in, in the Spirit. You know what that is? Going out under the power. Somebody laid their hands on me. And I went down. And went, uh, ne- next thing I did, woke up about ten minutes, ten minutes later, later and thought of a, a whole day had gone by. <laughs> I had been in the presence of God. I didn't know where I was. I woke up and I thought, man, that drunkenness is a poor excuse for that. <laughs> poor substitute for that. So didn't even come close. Get in the power of the Spirit. That's why they call alcohol spirits. It's the wrong spirit, though. If you want to get in the spirit of God, you won't need that stuff anymore. Amen. Glory to God. It's a flimsy, unsatisfying substitute. I'm not saying having a glass of wine is a sin. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying drunkenness is evil. It's a hardship on your life. Come on, can I have a good amen? Amen. By faith, he forsook Egypt. And fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Faith overcomes fear. Faith over, overcomes fear. Not fearing the wrath of the king. I want to tell you, take you to Mark chapter 2. I want to tell you this story. I'm just going to interject this right here. Mark chapter 2 and verse 3. I'd like you up on the board, please, Miss Whitney. What would this church do without Israel and Whitney? I love these kids so much. Love them so much. Mama said she did too. Verse 3. Look at this. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken up, broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus, imagine that, they tore up a woman's roof. Now, if you did that to Miss Ann's house, I'm telling you, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're going to be in trouble if you did that to Miss Ann's house. When Jesus saw their faith, 
He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes and sitting there. Another account of this says that there were Pharisees there too, sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak? Blasphemies, they said. Who can forgive sins but God only? Yeah, well, that was God. <laughs> Verse 8. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it, is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately, immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, he ne We never saw it on this fashion. Never saw it like this before. Did you notice that faith, the reason faith deals with fear is because faith removes sin instantly. That guy didn't even ask for sin, forgiveness. The, the four bearing him, the four that he, Jesus saw their faith, looked up there and the, looked, they were peering down through a hole in the roof. He sees their faith here. Imagine he, he's there teaching and a guy on a beer comes floating down in front of him. <laughs> Jesus looked up and he saw their faith through the hole in the roof saw their faith, and said, Son, your sins are forgiven. It's like this. With God, if faith is on the scene, sin goes away. Amen. The sin issue is taken care of immediately when your faith is intact, your faith is engaged. I like that. Who, who squalled about it, though? Who didn't like it? The Pharisees, they still don't like it. Yeah. They still don't like the message of grace. Still want to, they want to grab at you and harp at you and call you a sinner get you to repent and cry and beg and moan and all that stuff. And all it takes is just believe in God. Yeah. Believe in God. Believe the Word of God that you are saved by grace through faith. That Christ died for your sins, not you. Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures and He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the faith we, we have. Yeah. Verse 28, through faith, He kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should, should touch them. Faith connects you to the blood. Amen. That's what our communion is all about right here. We say, we're not, we're not getting saved when you take communion. communion. You're just re-identifying re yourself as who you are. And you're saying all over again, Jesus, you say this to him when you take, take communion. You say, Jesus, I'm not looking for a Savior today. But if I was... If I was, I'd still pick you. I'm not sorry I picked you, Jesus. Your communion says I do it all over again. Yes. I'd still pick you. Can I get a good amen in this house? Yes. Jesus. Remember why this is important. This is important because... When Adam lost him in the garden, what he lost him in the garden was a, a communication with God. He could hear God, but he couldn't talk to God. 
He had lost how to speak to God. He lost it. Couldn't talk to God anymore. First thing out of his mouth when God comes and finds him is what? I was afraid. Well, that's not the language God speaks. It's the language of fear. Not God's language at all. Some of you have heard me teach this. It's very important. But when Cain killed Abel, we found out why the blood is important. The blood began to cry out, didn't it? Did Eve hear it? No. Did Adam hear it? No. Did Cain hear it? No. Who heard it? God heard the, the blood talk. God heard the blood talk. Blood speaks the language of God. So now when we pray, our prayers must be covered with blood so God can understand what we're saying. And yeah. even in the New Covenant, just because you get saved does not mean you know how to pray. Paul said we do not know how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Yeah. Groaning is too deep for words. Peter, who was a New Covenant guy, said, Jesus, teach us to pray. You don't know how to pray, you're a Jew. Never had any bacon in your mouth and you don't know how to pray? If you don't know how to pray, what people in the world do know how to pray? No, nobody does. Has to be has to be covered with blood. Because blood speaks to God. What blood is that? The blood of Jesus? Yes, the blood of Jesus. That's why we say, in the name of Jesus, that is applying the blood right there. When you say, in the name of Jesus, the blood is applied. Thank you, Casey. The blood of God is applied with the name. That's why the name is so important. The New Testament, not one time does anybody ever say, we apply the blood. I know, I know we kind of do this in the church quite a bit. I'm not saying don't do it, I'm just saying it's never, not in the New Covenant. They never did that, they never talked like that. They used the name. And if they applied the name, they were applying the blood. Come on, say it with me. If I apply the name, I'm applying the blood. Because he's the only part of God that ever had blood. Jesus had blood. His name carries the, the authority and the power of the blood of God. Amen. That's powerful right there. Our communion restates this fact that we are, that we are the people of the blood covenant. Verse 29, look there. Hebrews eleven twenty-nine. I'm almost done. You almost done? You almost done? You're not? Okay, I'm, I'll go on. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground, which the Egyptians trying to do were drowned. Uh, glory to God, I got, a, I got an announcement for you. Faith separates you from your past. Yes. Amen. Your past is going to try to catch you, but faith separates you from it. Amen. By faith, they went through the Red Sea. Yes. Amen. That's why you got water baptized, to cut you off from this world and your past. Amen. Get yourself water baptized. It's a good thing. It'll help you. Help you know you're a new creature and cut you off from your past. Faith separates you from your, from your past. Verse 30, let's read verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. After they were compassed about with seven days, faith crumbles obstacles to your victory. Faith crumbles the obstacles to your victory. No weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Miss Anne's favorite verse, I think. Jesus said, upon this, uh, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
gates and walls cannot stop you when you're in faith. Amen. Faith is meant to take down obstacles. Obstacles are just opportunities for God. Amen. Say that with your mouth. Obstacles are just opportunities for God. Let's put up 1 John 5, 4, and I'm done. 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. Listen to this. Whatsoever is born of God. Are you born of God? It says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Does not, does not buddy up to the world. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory. The word victory there is the word Nike. Is there a pair of Nike shoes in the house today? Nike. You don't really pronounce it Nike in the Greek. It's Nike. You want to make a friend of that word by saying it? Nike. N-I-K-E. That's the only time it's used in the New Testament right here. Victory is Nike. It really means total dominated domination of, and victory. Total, total domination and victory. So no, no part of the world has, has power over you. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Faith is your righteousness and faith is your victory. I needed righteousness in my heart. I needed victory out there. You need righteousness in your heart, but you need a victory out there. I have some issues out there. Yeah. My faith has to take care of for me. Yeah. Paul put it like this. He said it like this. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yes. The heart believes it, the mouth puts it out there. Yeah. Takes what's in you out there. Takes what's in you out there. Work out your own salvation. Work it out. How? By spitting it out. That's right. Amen. Amen. The first rule of, of Christianity is you don't say what you think. Amen. The first rule of discipleship is to stop letting your mouth run away with your life. Yeah. Your mouth will run away with your life if you let it. Get control of your tongue and control your life. And get control of your tongue by saying what God says, not what you think. And you say what God says, then victory comes to you yes. more than you know. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. It does not mean it does not separate you from trouble. Right. It does not mean you're not going to be, get attacked by the devil. I've been attacked. You've been attacked. Yeah. Back here, have been attacked. Amen. I've been attacked the worst in the last couple of years than I've ever been attacked in my life. I'm walking by faith. Amen. And I'm living by faith. Right. I'm winning by faith. Glory yeah. to God. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for this audience today. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you that faith crumbles the obstacles to our faith. Crumbles the ob obstacles to our victory. Thank you that faith separates us from our past. Thank you, Father, that we are a covenant people of the blood of Jesus. Thank you that faith connects us to the blood. I thank you, Father, that you have brought us this far you're not going to let us fail now. Amen. Thank you for the river, this church. Thank you for these people. I pray in Jesus' name for everybody here today who needs a miracle. They get their miracle. 